Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hold No Heroes. It's your host, Richard Doom. And with me this week, Devin Laurent, uh, my good buddy uh, that I have never spoken with, but <laughs> has the same uh, brain diseases I do of uh, being incredibly online. <laughs> Devin. Uh, hello. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, Richard. Uh, Long time mutual shit poster, first time mutual shitcaster. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, um, funny enough, uh, you and I became acquainted because of a friend of a friend of mine's Facebook post. Yes. And um, they were talking about some right wing reactionary commenting on their posts. And you and I, uh, independent of one another, ended up jumping in and uh, <laughs> participating. And uh, your reference, <laughs> there, I, 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 I vibed. I absolutely felt your vibe. And I'm just like, I like this guy. I really like this guy. Yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. It, it was uh, – I don't remember what it was about, but I do remember we just both like started alley-ooping and just dunking all <laughs> over them. And then I think like had a, a brief – like, hey, we should be friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not very – you know, uh, both of us are um, – uh, uh, shit posters from the world of Twitter. And so to see uh, your technique on Facebook, I'm like, I recognize those moves. I, I, I see that style. That's all right. All right. It's uh, fucked up that he's doing that on his main timeline, but okay. Yeah. Doing it on main. It's uh, the scene from the, uh, what was it? Uh, a team reboot where um, <laughs> Liam Neeson runs into uh, uh, the Mr. T uh, character. And he's just like, Oh shit! You're a ranger too. It's like fuck yeah, I am. It's like all right, let's team up and do this. It's like all right, <laughs> rangers. And uh, um, we've had many, many successful shit posting adventures since. Oh yes. Uh, at the time, uh, I was uh, I always uh, was tickled by your uh, username on Twitter, uh, Dog Pill Peen Lord. I loved it. I had I did have to to sacrifice it though. Yeah, why why did it have to go? So uh, I found out that because reactionaries ruined literally fucking like I picked this name because it was the most non sequitur thing I'd ever found. It, Dog pill was a reference from a bad translation from like a old SNES RPG that nobody played called like Secret of the Stars, <laughs> where you go to a town and everyone is turned into a dog by a vampire. I don't remember why. You have to beat up the vampire so that you can get from him the cure. The cure for everyone in the town to go from dog to human was called dog pill. And he, uh, and the vampire, like when you get to him, I think says to the effect of, ah, have you come for dog pill? And dog pill is in all caps. And I'm like, I love this. And that's my name now. Because I needed something <laughs> no one had used before as an online handle. Uh, and so I had it for years and I loved it. And then I found out that uh, incels, started talking about the dog pill and how they'd been dog pilled and how women everywhere were becoming dog pilled. Can you hazard a guess, Rich, what dog pilled means? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid because my brain went to like two or three separate awful places immediately. One of them's probably first, right. The first being attracted to dogs. That's like 33% uh, uh, of it. Or, or the the other one was dogs. I don't know. Uh, turning your dog into a Nazi, I suppose. Hmm. I Dressing wouldn't be surprised as, if you're as, trying to do that. But no, it, it's closer to the first one. It is. Uh, incels started posting pictures of hot girls that they were attracted to on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, 
who posted pictures cuddling with their dogs or like letting their dog lick their face with captions like just a reminder that Stacy is fucking her dog, but not you. And like, they firmly seriously believe that these women are like, have these large dogs to fuck them instead of fucking the incels. Because I, that's, you know, like a reasonable kind of thing to think when you've met another human being ever. And, uh, it came up more and more. And I was like, I, I, I have, explicitly posted terribly under my real name for a very long time, almost as like the way musicians will get a bunch of tattoos to make them unemployable and to keep them honest and stay musicians. Like this was to keep me honest and like render me unemployable anywhere except for the arts. Uh, but I do. So I'm like, okay with people Googling my name and other horrible shit, but I don't want people to Google my name and my screen name and then be like, Oh, is he like one of those weird incels that think women fuck dogs? So I had to, like, I just had to sacrifice it. I had to, I, you know, put it on the altar. I, I prayed to the Lord. I slit its throat. Uh, I had oh places where, um, instead I, I have changed it to wolf capsule rather than dog pill, like my itch page and stuff. That fucking sucks. And yeah. God damn it. Incels and reactionaries just absolutely ruin everything like just things you wouldn't think they could ruin and in ways you would never imagine they could ruin it they took pepe which i didn't have any attachment to it i see i read uh matt fury's boys town comics that he came from and loved them related to them very heavily and then i'm like oh fuck this is nazi now yeah like uh i i i remember uh, going out with my girlfriend like a year or two ago and seeing a dude at a corner bakery with a Pepe shirt. And I'm just like, uh. and she, she's like, what? And um, I don't know how online your wife is, but my girlfriend is incredibly not. Yeah. So, yeah. so I bite my tongue every time something <laughs> reminds me about online and I have to just like, just swallow it and just, just develop an ulcer. Just like, there's another one. All right. Yeah, my, my wife began as like as not online as you could get. She spent um time like two years, uh, quite a while back, but two years ago, uh, not two years ago, many years ago, she spent two years in Rwanda in the Peace Corps, like during oh, the wow. time where smartphones first came out. So she came back and like didn't understand that like the internet was on your phone now, and so <laughs> like, just characterized kind of her approach. To online ever since and only through uh repeated and heartless exposure and explanation of things that no one should have to know from me has she now become like 75 percent online poisoned i will say that quarantine definitely kicked that into high gear <laughs> but there was a tweet i saw the other day that was like sorry guys uh, for being late <laughs> i told my wife <laughs> that i got hungry and was getting lunch pilled so she took my phone <laughs> it's like extremely our relationship <laughs> that's incredible there uh, what was the one post you just did uh like yesterday or something like that where you put uh it was about abby shapiro and in the <laughs> comments you're you said something if i may do you mind if me, i read the comments um your comment. So you, you posted a picture about Abby uh, Shapiro, uh, Ben Shapiro's attractive sister, and you commented, um, 
Oh, for sure. Abby is a cutie pie. Too bad she leverages it to bait horny incels on Instagram into simping for her trad wife lifestyle brand grift. And then the immediate next comment is you with two arrows pointing up saying, if anyone reads the sentence and it makes sense to them, log off. And my immediate comment after that is, God damn it, because I absolutely know everything about that sentence. Everything made sense to you and it was like looking into a mirror for the first time in a month and like seeing a depression beard and like sunken eyes and mustard stained shirt. Like, Oh God. I have, I know dark truths, Devin, (laughs) and I cannot share them for, I will taint the world for which I utter those words into. Mm -hmm. It has to be quarantined to Twitter and nowhere else. Like there are times where I'm just like, Oh man, I really want to say this thing or post this thing. And I open up maybe the Facebook page and I'm just like, no, this isn't for Facebook. I can't do that. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Because Facebook is like my girlfriend, her friends, her family. (laughs) Like, I don't need her mom asking like, what's milk or pilled? I'm like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) I I can't do it. (laughs) I can't. I refuse. I don't want my girlfriend's mom to see me and just be like, I know what shit you're into. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they're, uh, this was like for me gradual over time, but almost all of my family has either unfollowed, unfriended or outright blocked me. <laughs> uh, my, my wife's mom is like, I love when you post pictures of you guys and like the nice smart things, but I had to unfollow you because I don't understand anything you post and the things I do understand, I know I really don't like. So, um, and that was even before we were married. Uh, so there was definitely like a, a point at which, uh, I just had to commit to the bit and be like, sorry, gam, gam. <laughs> I'm, I'm right or die. On the subject of being perpetually online, Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I brought you on is, um, well, one, because you wrote a really good blog on cancel culture oh, thank you. in response to this week's uh, topic. You know, uh, every week has a topic on Twitter and every day has a main character. <laughs> as you character. And uh, yesterday's main characters was a whole bunch of people. It was an ensemble cast, as I saw one tweet refer to it. Harper's uh, – Harper, <laughs> the Harper's Letter. Harper's Magazine, a letter on justice and open debate. Now, uh, so did you read the Harper's Letter? I did, unfortunately. I, I read it a few times to make sure I like – I read it one Got time it. just to sort of absorb it. I read it again because I'm like – I felt like that didn't really say anything, so that I must be misunderstanding. I didn't write it again. I'm like, no, this this isn't like like whatever it's saying. It is saying poorly and by implication with no citations. So I read it a third mm-hmm. time, and I'm like, I feel like this was written as a do- like a dog whistle so that people would sign it, but is actually really stupid and reactionary. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, when I read it. I read it. I'm just like, okay, this is pablum. This uh-huh. it doesn't say anything. It's yeah. so vague. I'm not even going to try to read. I'm not even going to read any excerpts from it because it is so devoid of any actual meaning. And the reason being is because it's a dog whistle. It is trying yeah. to signal what it's saying without saying it explicitly, and um, also probably to get as many people as possible to sign on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what can you – what could you possibly write that will get everyone from Farid Zakaria to uh, 
uh, Pinker uh, or Jeep here <laughs> to sign on to. Like uh, the the. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let me let me ask you. So, what in your interpretation was the letter about? What was it in response to, or what was it necessarily uh, addressing? It seems so. It, and this is kind of what I, I eventually get into it in in my blog post is that like cancel culture means so many different things to so many different people uh, yes. that what this is talking about seems to be mostly, you know, the, the, the blue check sort of sphere of people, the like quote unquote important thinkers mm. feeling like they are being oppressed because, you know, they, uh, it's hard to pin down what they think they're being oppressed for, but broadly like, uh, thought that is considered, you know, wrong think by the the populace, but mm-hmm. they don't really say what that is. Uh, so it it can mean anything from uh, people telling J.K. Rowling her opinions on trans people are bad, to like, you know, a college student being telling a teacher like, hey, you know, you are only uh, presenting opinions from this kind of like reactionary white guy canon what about like this thing or that thing and all of these things because these people have spent so long never being questioned uh they now like any any pushback at all is seen to them as censure is yeah. how i read it anyway yeah the when, when i read it I, I was just like okay this is pablum it doesn't mean fucking anything yeah. uh, but once you look at the people who signed it mm-hmm. the the meaning becomes pretty goddamn clear especially uh, also the time and place when this letter came out so we just came off of a week of learning just how fucking transphobic jk rowling is jk rowling has been having a full-blown meltdown for about a week or two um basically she went entirely mask off uh trans women aren't women Mm -hmm. um women is a biological construct you uh and and to say otherwise is demeaning to women bullshit lies things that aren't true either said or retweeted someone to the effect of uh children are having uh transgender hormones forced on them as like in the same way that we over prescribed adhd meds uh, it, it's all part of like this agenda to, to, you know, take away your children and brainwash them. Yeah. It's always, they, they love couching the shit in moral panic. Uh, oh yeah. Bullshit. It's just like, it's always the children. I'm, it's not that I'm bigoted. It's just that I'm bigoted on behalf of the children. Right. I'm just trying to protect them, <laughs> which, which, you know, the, is always extremely unevenly used because when it comes time to be like, Okay, so what about um, the fact that both of our presidential candidates have extremely viable and uh, 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 justifiable concerns from people about their weirdly sexual treatment of children? And then yeah. it's like, wow, you're being really divisive. I can't believe you'd say that. Like, I mean, basically, I would let Joe Biden uh, skull fuck me until I died in front of my entire family because Orange Man, bad. Yeah. Oh man. If we fuck, if we get into that, like we'll we'll definitely have to do a, a presidential topic at some point. But yeah, that that is my god. I, I I can't I can't have those conversations with anyone that isn't as Twitter poisoned as we are. Because oh, ironically, yeah. we are. Uh, I I I don't know. Maybe it's because we're just in the shit that we developed 
I don't know, politically some nuance to these things. Like yeah. one can be bad. The other one can still be bad, but maybe a little bit better. And mm-hmm. uh, it sucks that we have to choose between the two of them, which we don't. Third parties exist and we live yeah. in California. So fuck it. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, vote third party, my listeners. Um, or vote vote for who you want to. I don't give a shit. Um, I mean, I do give a shit, but you know, uh, I, it's not right of me to fuck for this. Oh, absolutely. Oh man. Which is like, isn't that what it is? Isn't that what the cancer culture has like become is it's, uh, just like with JK Rowling's like fears of transphobia. It's like when you like hate to be in a bathroom with someone that might be of the opposite gender in your opinion, like I don't care. Has different genitalia than you maybe? Yeah, I was like, wouldn't you hate to be canceled? How would you feel if the mob came after you? I'm like, okay, first of all, I have like a hundred followers. Uh, <laughs> who, but also like, I've posted tons of controversial shit, and yeah, I'm afraid of that. I, you mentioned in your blog that you had uh, quote unquote been canceled. I totally got canceled. It was wild. Like, it, it was still there is. I think all of this sort of it has been a growing process where we've all sort of learned you know this came out of call-out culture and this came out of the need to uh uh you know speak truth to power and sort of the the new voice of social justice that was growing out of places like twitter and tumblr and whatnot you know this was an outcropping of a good thing and and in some ways is a good thing um but it's also like anything that leverages um uh power and social sanction is sometimes used by just weird clout chasing terminally online psychos, like people yep. who just want to, you know, stab sideways. And, yes, exactly. People want to stab sideways until there's no one else left and they get to be the mod. Yep. Uh, no mod, no mods, no masters. So, <laughs> uh, kill your mods. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, this was still kind of within the time where. I thought the right thing to do was just kind of always take all criticism as in good faith and do my best with that. And then I like made a completely innocuous, stupid joke about the president having a nussy, which like, I'm not going to explain that to you. And if you understand those words again, please log off and take a walk. And like, I I, know these words because of you. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, Specifically, Clussy when the movie <laughs> It came out, and uh, I have had that horror in my head yeah. for years. The really exciting thing is when you join groups that try to imagine visually and artistically what a Clussy like would look like. <laughs> no, um, yeah, uh, any more alcohol? But the, uh, the so that really like get, getting you know brigaded by just total weirdos that I didn't know saying that that post was violence for reasons I could not understand uh, kind of like fucked me up for a minute. I was like, oh God, like the thing happened to me that I was trying to avoid. And oh, like I'm a bad person. And then I was, I sort of took a few months away from online and thought about it. And after a while, I was like, I didn't like the person who started that conversation to begin with. Like I kind of always thought <laughs> that they were pretty fucking obnoxious. Why am I letting them get under my skin like this? And then like, I, I saw them, doing that a lot to other people and i'm like oh you just are like extremely online this is your only source of input or power so Mm -hmm. like you need this and then i just kind of consigned myself yeah this clout shit is funny to me (laughs) it's funny i I just think it's funny um 
<laughs> so you just like you come to this realization that, like you can't live your life in that constant fear that like not everyone is going to like you a lot of people are not going to like you you can't yeah. uh you know if someone says hey this thing you said hurt me or is shitty and like here's why you know entertain the prospect uh ask others mm-hmm. but you still you know you have to check your kind of internal barometer and also be willing to eventually uh decide whether you're you know going to incorporate that or not and everyone's growing we're all human there is no perfect uh ideology or perfect answer like it's all gonna be a fucking organic mess but the it it really does seem to be the uh striking the balance between uh criticism uh and reacting to it and improving from it uh and and, you know a lot of it being just yeah like you said good faith bad faith like Mm -hmm. once once you get once you're online enough or you've participated in, quote unquote, the discourse long <laughs> enough and you can identify the good and bad faith actors. Like, yeah, I I don't know how much of the like 2016 <clears throat> online process, the 2016 like presidential uh, primary and then election like um, got me to just my barometer for like good and bad faith. Like when Neera Tandon wants to go ahead and say like, I'm sorry, but it's really inappropriate for an employee to go ahead and say like uh, uh, this to uh, their employee, uh, an employer to say this to their employee. I'm like, Nira, you fucking outed a sexual assault victim yeah. to the entire world. What the fuck are you talking about? Or um, what is it? Uh, Clymer, Charlotte Clymer oh, going man. ahead and saying like, oh my God, like um, it's so cool that Biden's touting uh, Reagan's dead uh, endorsement. Meanwhile, uh, she had a goddamn conniption fit when the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign retweeted Rogan's endorsement. Yeah. I mean, mean, like, this is bad faith bullshit. You don't think Joe Joe Rogan absolutely has terrible – Yeah, Joe Rogan is not uh, an authority on trans rights and he's really bad about transgenderism. Like, yes, of course. He's a dumb shit. He's part of that intellectual dark web psychos. Um, but he's the most um, benign of the group because he's dumb and he just asks a bunch of dumb questions and he just believes everyone. He's honestly one thing I've seen about Rogan is that he's starting to push back a little bit more on questions. But for the mm. mo- like up until this point, he's been just a weather vane. He just go like he'll have a guest yeah. on. He'll have Milo or Ruben or any one of these like reactionary dipshits. He's like, oh, wow, white people are better than black people? I had no idea. Well, smoke. He's like, have you ever done DMT? He, <laughs> he has had – like the best and worst thing about him is that he is an open book. He is yeah. like you can read him, you can write him, and whoever is present gets to <laughs> that guest book and that's like what will be reflected back on that page. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think he is like starting to maybe get a little cannier. Uh, yeah. I, I think I told him online once he was saying something really stupid and both sides. And I was like, I really always wanted to try DMT until I realized it made you think you're smart. Uh, because <laughs> like he, he has the curiosity of an intelligent person, but yeah, I think that that's <laughs> for like, the cultured opinion and expertise of an intelligent person. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I believe that's why he has as big an audience as he does is because it's a bunch of, uh, mostly apolitical young men. Yeah. Uh, he has a massive audience of just apolitical young men. That's just like, yeah, I want to, 
uh, listen to everybody. Why not? And, you know, the part of uh, being the veterans of online that we are is we know, like, who's worth listening. I, like, yeah. that is that is part of any any literacy in uh, any subject, really, uh, anything from film to news, politics, journalism, like all of it, you need to know like who's worth listening to and who's not and how mm-hmm. to figure that out. And um, the thing is like Rogan and his audience do not have those tools. They do not have that heuristic. Uh, and to like, I would say there was definitely a time where I didn't either. Like I, I was that, you know, political, I can be friends Absolutely. with everybody kind of thing. Like back in my live journal days, many, many years ago, like I was like friends with some live journal guy who had like a ton of stupid conservative views because he also liked the incredible Hulk movie. And it's like, so really we're more (laughs) indifferent. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. If I had a time machine, but (laughs) over time, like in the same way that you as a person in face to face society, absorb uh, language and absorb uh, a sort of, understanding of like when you're walking down the street who you want to let in your space and who you don't like someone mm-hmm. stopping and you know you just it's hard to put into words but you get a vibe you get a read like oh this person's just asking me for directions versus this person's following me weird and you know is trying to sell me their cd or like looking at my you know, pockets or like they're following a lady weirdly and like there's social cues that we sort of subconsciously abstractly develop but that all gets flattened online because all you get is a name and some words. And that's you know pretty much the same for everybody. It's like, we're all just names and words. And so I think, yeah, it's, it's easy to get taken in by, uh, by that, that simplifying of the social, uh, cues. Yes. And, uh, I, you, you said, uh, you mentioned, uh, the flattening of, uh, online in yeah. your blog about how, uh, with regards to cancel culture and the discourse, it is uh, along with that. That gets flattened along with it, and how it, um, like with the letter, it means many things to many different people. Like it is just an absolute Rorschach test for like what what do you what are you bringing to it, and that's what you're taking away from it. Yeah, and um, yeah, the the and I uh, that I ended up tweeting something very similar. Um, where what was it? The meaning of the letters entirely changed when you see who signed it. Uh, that yeah. it's just uh, absolute pablum. That uh, for the listener who hasn't uh, read the Harper's letter, which you shouldn't, it you will not learn anything or gain anything from it. It's basically um, three paragraphs uh, that basically say uh, our country is founded on discourse. Um, we. Uh, the marketplace of free uh, speech, uh, da 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 da. Uh, but these days, we are seeing horrible illiberal tendencies to um, uh, bring down or to stifle speech. Uh-huh. You know, uh, some, you know, there, there, there's just the mob out there. The plebes are trying to like come for our speech. They don't want you to talk about controversial topics. But the beauty of our country is that we get to talk about. Um, these topics and it's, it's wild because it, I, I like i thought we had all pretty much figured out the whole like marketplace of ideas thing was just unfiltered hog shit by now like it's just not real and it's bad and whoever has money and platforms gets to say whatever they want and it's not 
a free and open marketplace like we all know about the fucking Overton window. I feel like that's a leftist perspective, though. I feel like people in the center and the right uh, absolutely still believe in the marketplace of ideas. They yeah. they absolutely – they believe that like, oh, the person with the best ideas wins. It's not the person with the biggest guns or money or anything like that. It's yeah. like, no, uh, capitalism succeeded because it's the best, right? It's funny because, yeah, you can see the, the way that that Rorschach test worked on the different people who signed it because like you know J.K. Rowling signed it because she's like – I it's it is censoring me to have people online show me pig poop balls for saying trans women are literal demons that eat babies like that's why she signed it. But then you have yeah. Noam Chomsky who probably signed it because he's like, well, yeah, I did write about manufacturing consent and the idea of making, you know, certain uh, speech verboten is one of the ways that, like, if, you know, you close the overture window in this way, well, like, he probably had a different idea about it. Yeah, Chomsky is probably the one that surprised me the most. But then when I saw his because name on he's it, he's a fucking like semi-autician. But that's neither here nor there. He's also like a million years old. Yeah, he, well, he's a free speech absolutist. Like he, and that that is a leftist also. Like depending where you are on the left, that is also something that kind of comes up where it's just like, no, we have to be free speech absolutist because when if you ever restrict if you ever restrict any speech. It always affects the leftists the most. It will never affect the rightists. It will never affect the fascists. And mm-hmm. to an extent, they are correct. But I take the, um, the what is it? The popper uh, method. Um, the only thing that should be uh, should not be tolerated is intolerance. Is tol- yeah, I, exactly. Because you get the paradox of tolerance, where yeah, any space. This this was like I read an article once about um, unmoderated spaces. And how all unmoderated spaces inevitably become awful, like 4chan yeah. or whatever kind of, you know, like uh, any place that has no real filter. Because what will always happen is the worst people on it will post and talk in whatever spew grotesque things unabated, which will drive away uh, other like better people. And then that will continue to happen, and the level of that discourse will degrade more and more and more, and it will get more and more disgusting, driving more and more uh, decent and then semi-decent and then even kind of a little decent people away until it's just like child predators and Nazis. Yeah, it absolutely poisons the well. Like you allow any of that stuff to grow, it'll just – it'll choke the rest Mm -hmm. of it out. It'll be nothing but that. And that yeah, the 4chan is uh, the perfect example. Uh, and then when 4chan was just like, no, you know, maybe we shouldn't be absolutely free speech. And then they made 8chan, 8chan. to be absolutely free speech. Uh, it's and then Gab or Parler or any or, of these places or where vote V O E T the uh, uh, the conservative Reddit that is oh, oh it's so bad. I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, okay, let me rephrase. Let me start again. The conservative Reddit. Uh, not the like i would have considered reddit the conservative reddit and then i found out yeah oh my goodness i don't i i I dare not you know i i when i was in college i spent an embarrassing amount of time on 4chan i liked Mm -hmm. the memes oh yeah i was on 4chan a bunch too because there was a time when it was like not strictly slash poll ideological in that way like you had anonymous the activist group that was like they you know we're doing things that were sort of leftist sometimes. And like, it, it was, I think more of a smattering of people. Cause it was earlier in that unmoderated phase where like, not everyone was a horrible person yet. Yeah. That changed. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe this is historically backed, but generally speaking, the uh, when it comes to the history of science, anything that has ever been created was used inappropriately first before we woke up. And so, you know, uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Um, gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Uh, bombs and whatnot, uh, and then uh, they're like, "Oh, we maybe we should stop using it to kill ourselves, and then uh, use it for like fireworks or yeah, mining, fireworks, or construction, construction and yeah, stuff. yeah." Uh, uh, and um, I mean, uh, that's why we have the Nobel Prize. Uh, Alfred Nobel invented um, uh, dynamite, wasn't it? TNT. Yeah, yeah, he he invented dynamite. I think he was like so horrified at a, a like a, a mistaken obituary that like thought he died and called him the Merchant of Death or something. Oh, Jesus. That he was like, oh, oh, God, I don't want to, I don't want my name to forever be uh, Googled along with incels who think that I, that I think women fuck dogs. I need to <laughs> a prize. You know, fame. honestly, we should probably do um, pre-mortem obituaries in order to get that going for a lot more people. Yeah. Way too many powerful people do not know or care about how they will be remembered. And we need to remind them. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if like, if that would work anymore. Cause you, they're, they're the way that, you know, sort of capitalist imperialism has, is just distilled into such a thick mucus at this point that yeah. to succeed at it and even ha- have a legacy, be qualified to have a legacy. You have to become, such a grotesque monstrosity that I think that like only people that wouldn't give a shit, like the Epstein's the world where it's like, as long as I'm dead, I don't care if everyone knows I fuck kids. I just don't get caught while I'm doing it alive. Yeah. You know, as as long as I, I suppose it's like, as long as I get to keep doing it, I don't care if everyone knows kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. I, I guess. Yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, but that's a great, turn back around like isn't that what necessarily cancel culture is it's the only thing that they have it's the only repercussion that they get these people we're talking about should be spat on in public oh yeah they should be be terrible like they should be evicted from their homes their children should be taken away from them because they're awful influences do you remember at the beginning of the trump administration um like the the civility libs were freaking out because people would go to like the ghouls in the Trump administration when they were at dinner in DC and be like, there's blood in your hands. You are disgusting. Like what is wrong with you? Uh, that, you know, you are abetting the, the most disgusting behavior. And the civility lives were just like, how dare you bring yeah. the noble sanctity of the political world, which is entirely separate from reality into these people. They're just doing their job and doing what they believe is right. And like that is – it's weird to see that we still kind of have uh, people that believe that that is the case. Where, yeah, like the, these people that that just will say, you know, uh, OK, yes, you know, 40,000 people were uh, killed in this, you know, factory fire, but we do have cheap shoes. Like that's pretty cool, right? Like get the, uh. everybody – they should be ejected from society. They should be the absolute pariah. But that never happened. So the only thing we can do – is quote unquote cancel them and like threaten, you know, the, their legacy to some extent. But even more, I'd say what they're worried about is like their ability to have that legacy right now, like to to feel like they are important and worthy of legacy. Yeah, it's uh, and 
It's it's true. We that was like that when those were happening. It was Sarah Huckabee Sanders and uh, the um, what was it? Uh, the National Security uh, Director. Um, oh, uh, I'm running the list. We got uh, Bannon Miller. Um, the woman. Uh, oh, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, uh, yeah, the, like two people got yelled at in restaurants. And I thought, I hoped that that was going to be like a turning point. That like we were going to stop pretending that politics is a game. That yeah. it's anything but real life. That the decisions and actions that they do either are evil or encourage or enable evil. Yeah. And thus they were not going to be able to live normal lives and pretend like that didn't happen. Ain't that no they would not be able to watch them. And fuck, like that just went away. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're having cancel culture conversations, which is, as you wrote, it's like just people sending them rude memes on Twitter. These yeah. people, the vast majority of which have check marks, so they don't have to even see our tweets. I know. They have, they have a little button on their Twitter that says, don't show me anyone yeah. else that – don't show me the tweets of anyone who responds to me or don't show me the tweets of anyone who doesn't have a check mark next to them as well. And they the still – button. Yeah. They still lose their goddamn mind because um, they either didn't check that box and so because they want to see it and they yeah. want to know what everyone thinks about them. and Or they specifically name search themselves so they could get red and mad and nude online. Absolutely, yeah. Like – and uh, to reference uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the reference you made earlier, Matt Iglesias' uh, famous um, <laughs> piece de resistance, um, uh, different countries have different safety uh, standards and that's okay. <sighs> uh, where um, – was it like 40,000? Like I, I, I don't remember. I mean it's oh, no, only in hyperbole at this point, but it was a lot and it, any amount is disgusting. It was uh, 1,400 or thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah, fourteen hundred people died in a sweatshop in uh, Thailand, I believe it was. Um, and yeah, uh, Matt Iglesias, co-founder of Vox.com, went ahead. Uh, he Vox was not created yet, I believe. He wrote this for Slate at the time. Uh, wrote, um, yeah, different countries have different safety standards, and that's okay. And then went on to say, "Hey, shit happens." Like, yeah, somebody who says something like that should never work again in no. writing. The, if he that, wants to go ahead and manifestly like, show, or like anyone who boosted the Iraq war, like, manifestly evil. Like, why would we want your opinions? You're a sociopath. Yeah. And um, we now we're just getting into the list of the uh, signatories. Uh, so Matt Iglesias signed it as far as Iraq war boosters. David Frum is on the list. Democrats' <sighs> favorite Republicans. Uh, <laughs> David Frum has been getting a resurgence, as have the other uh, W. Bush uh, psychos uh, in these uh, this day and age where uh, we're just thought, oh, by the way, never thought I'd see that. I like I. My political kind of emergence and awakening began in the Bush years. That's when I first started to pay attention. Yeah. And Iraq War, man. Then, as like, as, yeah. Even then, it's like, like a fairly apolitical idiot who was just like, I mean, I guess Democrat to the good guys. Uh, yeah. Like, even then, I was like, wow, this, like, shit's really fucking crazy now. Like, we have people who are clearly and blatantly lying and using kind of crypto fashy religious. Uh, iconography and racist dog whistles to get us 
into war to the kill axis innocent people. Of evil. The axis of evil. And and that is a phrase that was coined by David Frum to reference our oh, enemies, oh, North boy. Korea, Iraq, and Iran. I wonder who came up it with was, the, uh, the the phrase the, the the idea to refer to coronavirus as uh, the invisible enemy. It feels very similar, <laughs> like a way well, to sort of kind of talk about China, but not you know not not yeah. say China. Yeah, well, it's uh, I suppose less racist than Kung Flu. Yeah, yeah, that one's Which, pretty bad. Yeah, when Trump heard that, it's the most cleverest thing he's ever heard. So oh, he oh yeah, he was him. hooting and slapping his tummy for sure. Oh yeah, he was. Just oinking like the swine he is. <laughs> just absolutely going to town. Like, that's funny. I invented that. I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did, Don. Uh, as well as uh, other signatories. Uh, two members of the Lolita Express, Epstein's oh, pedophile uh, 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 um, jet, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, who is just, just the most facile of writers. Like, that guy, I don't. I can't even get into him. My mom, God bless her, <laughs> read um, that, that book. The, what is it about? Like, fucking, the one he's really famous for. I can never remember the name of. Uh, is that the uh, expertise one? Yeah, the one about like actually being dumb is great. Um, oh, yeah. Make it, make it, it means really smart. Uh, she she read one of one of those self-help the books. The intelligence of stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she was like, oh, I just was waiting for that. Like, it was so freeing. And I was like, oh. I love you, Mom. I'm not going to explain why that's bad. You're you're the best. Yeah. You, you 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 did so much for me. <laughs> I'm just going to let you. Yeah. Just if it makes you happy, good on you. As far as intellectuals go, Gladwell's one of the least harmful. Mm-hmm. I'd say, like he he's one of the more benign ones. Um, Pinker, uh, also a signatory. I'm having trouble finding his name, but I know he's on here somewhere. Um, whose entire project is actually, I don't know why everyone's complaining. Things are better now than they've ever been. Um, uh, uh, look at everybody's wages. Did you know in the 1402, uh, like wages were at, like two cents today, but now, like, I mean, a minimum wage at seven dollars, like that ain't bad that's compared. Better. That's I'm not going to look at any other part of that consideration, but yeah. It, 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 his entire project is just to say, shut up, stop complaining. Things are fine. Yeah, Things are it, fine. It's, it's the whole um, TVs have never been cheaper argument when people are like, I need insulin, please. <laughs> Healthcare, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, what other signatories are there? Oh, um, uh, Barry Weiss. Yeah. Um, uh. Uh, well, actually, let me let me use let me use that as a, a, a jumping off point because I kind of wanted to talk about in the letter. I just wanted to briefly mention the in the letter there are six examples used, and they are very vague. They basically say here here they are: uh, editors are fired for running controversial pieces, books are withdrawn for alleged in- inauthenticity, journalists are barred from writing on certain topics, professors are investigated for quoting works of literature in class, a researcher is fired for circulating a peer-reviewed academic study, and heads of organizations are ousted for what are sometimes just clumsy mistakes. I said I wasn't going to read from this thing, but I ended up doing it because that is – I just wanted to let the listener know how fucking vague this whole yeah, goddamn no, thing is. There's no expectations for that. And if if you have been just chugging from the slop of online long enough like the Rich and I, you might be able to like kind of recall a story here or there that that refers to. And every single time, the thing they're vaguely referring to, if you look at it, it's like – 
oh yeah, what that person did was like actually legit disgusting, and they should probably be fucking racked in the sack a hundred times because it's it's always well, like uh um fuck like what, what was it uh well the uh, one I could remember off the top of my head was James Bennett from the New York Times. So the editors get fired. It's just like, oh, random editors get fired. It's like, no. James Bennett, who has been awful at his fucking job as the editor of the op-ed page at the New York Times, asked Tom Cotton to yeah, write Scott a case for Tom fascism. Cotton. Cotton. Yeah, like, hey, please, I'm going to give you uh, a bunch of pages to write whatever you would like about murdering people in the street because they're protesting being murdered in the street. Yeah, like that is... Ne- never mind just evil. Uh, apparently, for whatever reason in this country, you've decided evil is not a fireable offense. But <laughs> apparently, when everybody, including black reporters at the New York Times, went ahead and said, you, you are endangering our lives by posting this mm-hmm. horseshit, he went ahead and said, well, I didn't read it beforehand. You, like, like, no one did. How it, do when, people get fucking six seven figure jobs that just suck so bad at their jobs he didn't even read it he was an editor who didn't edit that is a fireable offense apparently and goodly new york times i am i am throwing my hat in the ring i will suck at that job for only ninety thousand dollars a year i'll I'll undercut you there eighty nine thousand. fucking marketplace of ideas yep you know this capitalism my friend Supply and demand. The system works. Uh, so that's the, the first reference. The second reference, uh, journalists are barred from writing on certain topics. That, I believe. Now, I tried to research. I wanted to be a good journalist, or at least better than any of the journalists who signed <laughs> this goddamn letter. And so I wanted to find out what the fuck these writers were talking about. So I looked it up. Professor, uh, um, no, wait. Journalists are barred from writing on certain topics. The best I could deduce... This is about the a newspaper in Philadelphia who barred their black journalist – they only have one – from uh-huh. writing on the Black Lives Matter protests for bias. Now, that – that of, of, the, of the six examples, that is the only one that I'm like, yeah, OK, that fucking sucks. But, but you know in your heart, Devin, that if the editor who made that decision – got shit for it and maybe lost their job, all of these signatories would go ahead and shit their pants. Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's cancel culture. That's can maybe he shouldn't be fired for it. Absolutely he should. That's an awful right. decision. And the only way we're ever going to progress as a society is if we make sure that people who make those bad decisions don't have the ability to make those to decisions. Anymore. Making those decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it is as an individual, yes, I do not want my mistakes. <laughs> I love to sow. I hate reaping. Um, <laughs> As an individual, I absolutely do not want to feel the consequences of my decisions. But as a society, we have to say, hey, that was a really bad decision. And either you need to guarantee me you can't make those decisions again or you're gone. And honestly, if you make like – I don't know. I'm not a journalist. I don't know how beyond the pale that is. But as a civilian – I believe it's beyond the pale. I believe that person, the person who made that decision shouldn't be an editor anymore. Well, yeah, it's, I feel like when it comes down to it, all that anyone really wants out of whatever you want to call it, call out culture, cancel culture, to whatever extent it does or does not exist broadly, all people really want is 
for people who have an outsized platform or outsized power to be accountable to to just like to if they are given the privilege of creating the public discourse and public opinion and being that gatekeeper they should a try to be good at their job and do the due diligence mm-hmm. b if they fuck up be able to understand why hear that they did hear why they did and yeah like you said guarantee that that kind of fuck up isn't going to happen again mm-hmm. recuse themselves if they don't feel that they are up to that privilege like i would res- absolutely respect someone who's out and out said this was a bad idea i fucked this up i did not do my job well i think i need to recuse myself from uh this topic or this position or this uh this job whatever because i don't think that i have the judgment for it like that's fine that's not mm-hmm. being a quitter that is just like that is understanding that not every role works for every person at all times in all situations cancel culture i believe the conversation is happening now because we are grappling with a society that doesn't have any accountability and yeah. a society that doesn't have any consequences for powerful people once you reach a certain strata like nothing happens to you you are untouchable we have watched a president just flout laws and civility and norms left and right. And we basically found out that the social contract is on the honor system. Mm -hmm. We found out that our government, our institutions were basically made out of paper mache and they caught fire and they all burned down or have been burning down basically for the last several years. And uh, there is a democratizing effect to Twitter as leftists. You know, we we know we're very familiar with not having power because we haven't had yeah. any power in this country ever. If you want to go ahead and make the argument in the marketplace of ideas and everything like that, or uh, diversity of the opinions, like James Bennett, the editor of the New York Times, former editor, mm-hmm. he got fired, thankfully. Um, uh, if you want to go ahead and make the argument, it's like, well, it's diversity of thought, you know, man. Like we gotta we gotta hear from all voices, the fascists and the centrists, uh, <laughs> like. All right, then, like, where where are your Maoists? Right. Like, Wait, oh, oh, where's where? Give me some fucking hardcore tankies to balance that shit out. Where's yeah? Where's your guy saying that the landlord should be marched into the sea? Yeah. Uh, where where are your tankies? Where are your Stalinists? Where are mm-hmm. your liber- like you know, the the thing is, and the you and I know this as perpetually online psychos mm-hmm. uh, that the Overton window. Uh, has is actually very very narrow oh, yeah. like the the uh, the the idea of acceptable discourse is basically it, we basically found out it ends before bernie like bernie doesn't uh-huh. make it into the window apparently yeah like when, <laughs> we can even like i feel like there's we need to make an adjustment to overton window uh discourse because like there's a hard boundary and a soft boundary medicare yeah. for all has managed to make it within the hard boundary it's something people talk about, but it hasn't made it within the soft boundary, or maybe vice versa. The soft yeah. boundary, hybrid. like it's it's something that people now talk about as like possible or good or, or you know pros and cons, but it's still something that just will not be realistically entertained by the powers that be. Like we just saw Biden tell a guy in a wheelchair, he's like dying, who's dying. You know, he's like. Now that it's incredibly popular with literally fucking everybody, how do you feel about Medicare for all? And Biden's just like, no, I don't like it because what if it 
did something to the Affordable Care Act, which everyone loves and works perfectly, and solves all problems. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's like the Overton window is is kind of a gradient where you can well, there's the Overton window to get stuff in there, there but it doesn't mean it's actually going to get talked about realistically now. Yeah, there's the Overton window as far as like quote unquote the the discourse, mm-hmm. um, but when it comes to uh, the movers and the shakers, like. There's their Overton window. And their Overton window is basically anywhere from um, – what is it? Uh, who would be the furthest left they would go? Um, Booker? Yeah, probably. Because I mean they, uh, they wouldn't even Casper, go – they wouldn't probably. even go Warren. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I guess – yeah, Warren, Warren's probably outside there. So I'd probably say who, uh, Julian Castro. And uh, apparently the – as far as like the movers and the shakers are concerned, the furthest right you could go in the window is – fascist tom cotton or actually I, david I, duke david duke yeah. or uh richard spencer who has I, been on jake tapper's show on cnn they had a literal goddamn nazi on the news but they won't have chomsky or anyone else who says maybe we shouldn't fight wars and maybe black people shouldn't be killed i truly don't think we have actually found the farthest right edge of the overton window currently it because does seem to go into infinity. We are we are at the point where like the centrist position is now quibbling over the exact definition of mass graves and concentration camps. Oh god, and like, yeah. And and whether, you know, we need more an oligarch more female oligarchs, more female concentration camp guards. <laughs> so like if that's where the centrist position is, I think the we, We've just seen how far the right is interested in going right now because that's about as far as I think capital and business is interested in going. Mm-hmm. If we get the actual like real hardcore fashy insane QAnon psychos entering office that we're now seeing, we are yeah. going to see some weird shit on the far right end of the overture window real soon. Yeah, you know, it, it, it really does seem like uh, socialism or barbarism and yeah. barbarism is winning by a mile. Yeah, like fuck. Yeah, we well, we we've, we this country seen... has gotten like given itself a socially communicable mental illness where being even remotely kind to your fellow man is socialism. So the whole country's tearing itself apart from the inside. But that that does like that brings it back to the weird permutations of what cancel culture means to different people because to these kind of galaxy brain the the people have these galaxy brain takes, um. Their view is that cancel culture is this this thing that that like uh, you you just you know it's such a big tent and you just can't like have any real diversity of opinion or else you get crucified and it's like you're the ones who are ignoring what almost everybody in the country wants and likes. Yeah, they have a very ne- they all believe in the same things. Asking you to represent them is not being canceled. <laughs> yeah, the the <laughs> everyone who signed this letter say like. Hey, will you please sign that no one will let me speak letter? Like, sure. Yeah. Like all of these people who have tremendous platforms the and who all believe in the same thing. Posted of the we are being censored and no one will let us talk letter being posted in a fucking mass media platform. The, like I'm about to bud goddamn Dwyer myself on Twitter right now. It's absolutely like one of the uh, the most popular authors in the goddamn world is just like oh, they won't let me talk about my beliefs. I'm like, holy shit! You're a billionaire. 
like, <laughs> like the, every one of these people are professors, writers, authors, uh, journalists. Like some of them have their um, titles next to them on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says at the bottom, it's like, it's not that we're bragging. We're only saying it for identification purposes. Like, okay, fine. Just in case you confuse Matt Iglesias with any other Matt Iglesias. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. But like you were sought out to sign a letter on free speech because like because you're popular i didn't hey devin did you get reached out to to sign the harper's letter um actually yes but i thought no fucking no of course not. <laughs> well i wasn't either <laughs> <laughs> like the the idea of, that you are so popular that the that your opinion sways public discourse right yeah, they're just like, hey, um, you're very popular for uh, getting yelled at online. Will you sign this letter about um, nobody will let me speak? <laughs> on, on, largely on the platform that says we will not correct uh, the right wing propaganda on this website because uh, if we were anti-Nazi, then too many right wing politicians would accidentally be banned. Yeah, I love I love when really they get fucking away. censored. Yeah, and that's that. That's the thing, isn't it? That's the game: cancel culture, censorship. They're trying yeah. to just blur the lines between the two of them. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, cancel culture is what is it? Unofficial censorship. You know, censorship is um, organizations, higher ups, people with more power than me preventing me from speaking. Whereas yeah. cancel culture is people with less power than me yelling at me for the things I say on my national platform. And you're trying to equate these two things that are fundamentally different. Now there are, like like we said earlier about in the, in in my blog too, is like, that's basically what it's about is is the, the two worlds of cancel culture and how it gets unevenly distributed. Yeah. Like, like like you said, with your experiences of being canceled, like you don't have a national platform. No, you aren't Matt Iglesias. You aren't uh, Jesse single. Like, like uh, when a whole bunch of people yell at you on Twitter, you're just like, Oh shit. I really don't (laughs) like that. Yeah. Guess what? No one, no one likes it. Yes. I understand JK Rowling. It sucks (laughs) a lot to receive a whole bunch of people mad at you as somebody who's so conflict averse. Anytime somebody responds to me saying like, Hey man, this was in real poor taste, deletes the tweet, gets off Twitter, (laughs) types my tail between my legs. I'm like, I'm sorry. You're right. I shouldn't Uh have said that. Like I, I am absolutely want. Yeah. I I am the biggest fucking coward when it comes to conflict on Twitter. Absolutely. I get it. I don't want to be canceled and I would absolutely be afraid to do so, but I don't have any power. I can't be canceled. Mm -hmm. Like the worst thing that can happen to me is I say something incredibly inappropriate. And I believe them for the most part, the mob, if I convince them that I'm like, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't have said that. That was inappropriate. Like, and if you from this experience, and thank you for your input. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I don't, I double down. Or, worst case scenario, it goes so bad, my name is fully tainted. I close mm-hmm. the Twitter account down and I open up a new one. Who gives a fucking yeah. shit? Like, it's Twitter. Like, most of these people should probably have and probably do have socket uh, puppet accounts. That's mm-hmm. just like, what are the plebs saying about me today? And it's it's. I mean, we've I seen proof of that in, in times where, like, wasn't it like Scott Adams or whatever, like, would occasionally pop onto his own Twitter account? Uh, oh yeah. As like pretending to be uh, a sexy twenty-five-year-old girl, telling him 
that old dudes are hot or whatever, but like forgot to log out of his normal account. And so he's just telling it to himself. I think that was him, but I, uh, I also just uh, saw somebody screenshot of uh, when uh, Stefan Molyneux did the same thing on his YouTube video. So it's like, I'm attractive and I completely agree with everything you just said about frozen. I realize (laughs) that I've always used my attractiveness uh, as a weapon against (sighs) men. And uh, now uh, I will reflect uh, uh, wisely on it. Like, okay. And everyone's just like, dude, did you forget to change accounts right now? <laughs> uh, no, no, I was hacked. The thing is that I, is that I was hacked, you see. Yes, of course. Yeah, this is why I was looking up tentacle hentai. Oh, my God. I'm surprised Eichenwald didn't sign this thing. But they probably didn't reach out to him. That's probably true. There there are a bunch of people. Like, uh, Jonathan Chait was losing his mind yesterday about this. He's defending it. He's just like, yeah, cancel culture is a real big problem. Because Jonathan Chait has one fucking trick. And it is, you know, colleges, they just won't let you say anything anymore. Like, you know, cancel culture on colleges. Like that guy has just one topic, and he writes the same goddamn article every month. It is weird because like, he he is pitching it directly to like weirdo boomers whose grandkids do not talk to them, and like the only thing they think about and care about is what college kids are doing for some reason. Oh yeah, like half this list is absolutely incest with what's happening on college campuses. A hypothetical which doesn't exist. If you watch uh, I've been, uh, Cody Johnson's uh, videos, like if you watch uh, some more news, like he does a whole video about these weirdos and uh, cancel culture on colleges. And guess what? It turns out it doesn't exist. And if it does exist, it's happening in the opposite direction, yes. where right wingers are preventing people from speaking about Palestine or about communism yeah. or about the rights of Native Americans or anything like that. Like it's the reversed. I am a slacker so i only just like pretty recently went to and graduated college and i will tell you that shit did not exist like yeah all i can say is the kids that were there are currently more sensitive kinder more aware and more willing to hear diverse opinions mm-hmm. uh, than the kids that than i the people i was around at that age like they are uniformly better people and will still listen to like, I, I can remember one single time that someone like had a, a full on quote unquote SJW freak out YouTube compilation uh, over something. And it was like explicitly because we were watching a documentary that involved pretty heavy discussion of, of a uh, sexual abuse of minors and mm. they had some shit that, like, they had not worked through and were not ready to be in a class kind of front row watching that movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get that. That's fine. That's a normal thing to have a fucking bad day about. Like, if, if you're dealing, if you're, like, in that, totally get it. So the one single time that I saw, like, what would have been taken out of context as, like, an SJW freaking out and, you know, censoring someone was totally justified and handled perfectly. So yeah. like, what the fuck are they talking about? Just old fucking idiots who are just absolutely incest with this fantasy version of college where all they do is they see these like headlines 
That's it. Something like that happened in a class. It goes to the school paper, maybe. Uh, it trickles up through the conservative ecosphere. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into like a goddamn uh, polemic about how, man, kids today are so insensitive or so sensitive. Like they can't like you better grow up, Buttercup, or else yeah. uh, the world the real is world. Fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you can't get uh, content warnings in the real world. I'm like, guess what? You do. You pretty do. much. Like, like, like any movie you go to has a rating that specifies underneath what the content is. By and large, if people are about to talk about fucked up shit, they'll be like, hey, are you in the headspace to hear me talk about, like, the time I shat so hard my ass fell in half? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's nothing. Words no longer have meaning. Everything is just a flat circle. <laughs> It's it, it's been flattened. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I like the way you put it, where it all of it is just turned into this. I don't know, uh, table tennis game of mm-hmm. um, the mob versus the elites. Like they are fucking terrified that the mob might actually have some power. Yeah. And the thing is, we do, we do, but we haven't. We don't have it, it collectively. Yeah, we 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 do. We can yes. The, but the thing is, the worst we can do is make you uh, like sour your name and make you um, just a, a bad hire anymore. Like when yeah. someone Googles your name, turf comes up the, or the, Zionist. The height of our power is to have employers look at you and say, oh, a lot of people think your opinions are bad. That is yeah. it. The only people yeah. who actually really get canceled is like an. 80 20 split of like you know 80 percent people like that dude at the costco screaming that he feels threatened because someone was like could you please wear a mask or at least stay six feet away from me uh mm-hmm. and then like you know he gets doxxed and his the insurance company he works for is like uh sorry we we fired him he is a psycho people already hated him uh and then like the 20 percent of i think i said in my in my blog post of like some kid gets TikTok famous for like doing a you know the, blackface. Yeah, well, no, they get Twitter famous for doing like a, a dance about a new Netflix show. We're like, haha, everyone loves the new TikTok team. And then you find like a ten-year-old tweet where they're like, I, oh, I yeah. just watched Indiana Jones. With my dad, Ilsa's pretty hot. And then you have like absolutely. <laughs> That's- insane shutting maniacs being like oh so you endorse nazis like we need to destroy this child's life get him kicked out of college so and even I, you know, all yeah. of that still like probably only lasts for as long as people are paying attention to that person i kind of wanted to ask you about that because the the topic i, I reached out to talk to you about was about the harper's letter and cancel yeah. culture uh, with regards to powerful people but yeah you mentioned in your blog about how, uh, yeah, TikTok teens. And when normal people catch repercussions of recorded bullshit. Yeah. Now, the the example you used of like, yeah, old tweets and everything like that. I mean, like, hell, James Gunn caught some of that. Like, yeah. 15-year-old tweets came up. He was up being and just stupid like, and edgy online the way in the exact way that lots of people were being stupid and edgy online. Yeah. And I look, I can't, to the listener, I can't necessarily give you a guideline. I can't. I can't tell you what the rule book is. I don't know. It's going to be context based. In the same way that we can't tell you when someone is or isn't arguing in good or bad faith, it's you've got to develop a gag reflex for it. Absolutely. Like, but um, can you do that by gagging a lot? Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta swallow a lot. Uh, 
<laughs> drinking at the time. <laughs> but the but when it happens to normal people, like I have mixed feelings about like that Costco guy who uh, was an utter dipshit and ends up getting fired. I don't Someone know. Someone being horrifically racist or bigoted in some way and they lose their job. It's like- Like that weird in the dog park. I, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I like that people who egregiously and aggressively violate social behavior and the social contract with antisocial behavior, they should experience harsh social sanctions. If we want there to be a social contract that we all sort of adhere to and that makes society function, violating it should hurt when, when mm-hmm. you should receive consequences. But as much as I love the schadenfreude of some huge racist piece of shit getting fired or whatever, like, yeah, I don't think they should have power over people. Clearly, there is a dangerous precedent where we are currently turning to people's employers to be mm-hmm. the arbiter of morality. And that historically has gone pretty bad for leftists. That's uh, not something the Cold we, War. Yeah, yeah. That's really like it tactically works. Have you in now short or term. ever posted a racist meme? Right. It's exactly like it's something that uh and also because the definition of, of what anyone thinks morality is at a given time might change. Like, you know, I, I can remember the very first friend of mine who made a post about like they preferred non-binary pronouns. This was like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of this. I thought that mm-hmm. I thought like the, I did the whole like they them thing. Really? Like that seems grammatically weird. That's kind of ridiculous. Why? And like, yeah. To their credit, they explained it to me, and they, and I was like, all right, fucking, you know what? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry that I made you do that, and I will refer to you how you like to be referred, because in the end, it's no skin off my ass to treat you the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, that was 10 years ago, and morality has changed. Like, we have now had that conversation in the public sphere enough that now it's kind of shitty to take the position, or I guess it's more shitty, take the position that I took at the time, because we shouldn't be coming from as much of a place of ignorance. Yeah. And so letting an employer be the one who ends up deciding what is and isn't moral behavior from their employees, well, if we end up in a fascist capitalist nightmare world, suddenly, and then, you know, the, the wind is going in a way we don't like, suddenly that works out really, really bad if 10 years ago you have a Twitter post or a Facebook post or whatever about liking Bernie Sanders or like being a socialist. Yeah. That's why I, I don't have a hard and fast rule book. I don't have guidelines necessarily to hand out. And this is something that I think about all the time where as a leftist, I am convinced that my way is correct. I have, as somebody who was more conservative when I was younger. Oh yeah. I, I, as- came, I came out of a right-wing religious cult. I didn't vote <laughs> till I was like 20. I like, Yes. You have to be able to give people the ability to grow because I was given that ability and I believe other people deserve it as well. Yeah. Uh, And so as somebody who was that, I am terrified of scaring somebody else uh, into reaction in away from our team. Yes. So it it, it is like you said, like you have to kind of develop the gag reflex of um, what the cues are for good and bad faith. You have to be able to figure out, it was like, okay, this is a kid just learning. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. Let me help you through that. It's very easy to marinate yourself in irony poisoning, poisoning and just like oh, fucking yeah. the black pill of, of dealing with bad faith fascists online so fucking much that you just like become inured to humanity. You just, you know... Uh, What's the fucking- when your Twitter feed is predominantly people dunking on 
bad Nira Tandon tweets, bad Jonathan Shape tweets, bad David Frum tweets, uh, like j- just like the worst dregs of Twitter. Yeah, like you, when you have dehumanized yourself and faced to bloodshed, you yeah. you have – it, you know, and not to liken this to like any actual real war because it's fucking posting. But like, no, I, it, I think it, we're the, braver than the troops. Well, we, I mean, well, clearly, yes, but like, posts I mean, like, are like, the real truth. Real war, like when, you know, Union people <laughs> fought Pinkertons. Um, oh, yes, of course. My uh, apologies. Pour one yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, up into my mouth. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> but the, you, you do become calloused and and you you, yep. you have seen so many bad faith time consuming exhausting arguments start and persist from so many different tactics in so many ways that it does become really easy to act like and assume like everything you interact with deserves that kind of vitriol like deserves a psychic position of pig poop balls. And sometimes, yeah, like I, I think I had posted about this, like the beginning of the year, my last birthday, some somewhere where I was feeling particularly like I should probably try to be a better person was like, I was talking about how I like, I felt like I'm so angry all the time at the state of the world that I feel like I might be losing something like good about being human, like something special about optimism and and approaching people uh, with kindness because like I'm just so fucking pissed all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think this is the reflex I'm now trying to develop is not just to know a good and bad faith argument so that I can be an asshole to shitty people online. I'm mm-hmm. trying to develop it now so that I can recognize when someone is coming in good faith and influenceable and then having like giving them the patience to have the kind of discussion discussion that I had with people back when I was a I'll talk to everyone for any length of time about politics and well we're all just friends here kind of vibe because I do think that that's more inviting like I don't want to give leftists uh, the uh, a vibe like all we do is tell people that they're trash I desperately don't want anyone's first interaction with socialists or leftists to be twitter dunking and it's uh what is it the the Sankara tweet that's just like uh the uh, the leftist cannot get tired of repeating themselves because everyone needs that they need you to educate them. You, know, yeah. you can never get tired of educating people. You cannot just dismiss everybody who is asking a question. I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, this isn't bad. Like, no, you have to take as many questions as you can. Yeah. You got you to swing as, as many pitches as you're able to. And when you get too tired, instead of saying, Venmo me $20 for emotional labor, you instead tag in another leftist who's less tired and you relax so you don't burn out. Oh, God, that would be like, could we turn that into a system on Twitter? Which is like, I would love to. I'm fucking tired. I can't uh, do this thing again. Yeah. That. Man, if we could do like a buddy system for um, <laughs> uh, socialist polemics, that would be uh, quite something. Because yeah, if, you know, if we could do like a literal, actual version of like the huge buff guy squad responding to the strike, <laughs> like that would oh my god! I think we all need it because I think we're all like pretty fucking close to burnout. Yeah, because it's just been a dark year. Yeah, didn't Lenin say like there are years or there are decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks where decades happen or something like that because i feel like this year has been one of those years i think with that um i want to try uh wrapping up with a little game okay canceled or not canceled Ooh, all right so i'm gonna go ahead 
And because uh, I, I was originally going to uh, talk about uh, talk with you about, I was going to ask you about the civilian cancelizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you whether uh, they should be canceled or shouldn't be. Ooh, all right, okay. I'll probably get okay. canceled in this. I like it. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going off the top of my head. I didn't come up with a list beforehand, but all right. uh, we're both internet poisoned, so we mm-hmm. probably got a few examples. Okay, so we'll start with Costco guy. Yeah. Canceled? Uh, canceled deserves to be canceled. Um, okay. And the reason I say that is um, he is a, by all appearances, cishet white guy and mm-hmm. in Florida, I believe, who was like an insurance claims adjuster. So made good money and in three weeks, will when no one is thinking about this, will very easily get rehired at some other shittier more racist group of insurance claims adjusters and be happier than he has ever been he all he needs is a gofundme they'll fund that shit immediately <sighs> god yeah um dog park lady dog amy park cooper lady. um pretty canceled the uh, and i i will say I, I don't know if her job fucked with her but i do know that so you're watching the she video and she's, oh did, okay nice she's yanking that dog around by the fucking neck like that treating that dog like a goddamn july 4th sparkler and the place that she adopted it from was like, yeah, so we're going to need that dog back. Um, she only had it for a year, but also, but still like, ouch, losing your dog, but also double ouch, knowingly being like, I'm going to make the cops come kill you. Yeah, that, that, that was rather overt, but uh-huh. she did get the dog back. The dog, they, oh. uh, they did, they took Ew. the dog and then they apparently had an investigation or an audit and they're like actually the dog's in good health you did fine here you go and so they get right, it okay I, I revert then semi-canceled also because i think that that demon-faced lady that was asking if this is your property like swooped in before that lady could be fully canceled i don't i don't think i saw that one. Oh, the, a guy was was painting black lives matter on a little like half wall in front of his house in the bay area and a woman that looks like the apex twin face came up to him and uh, was asking him in the most get out style, like smiling th- with deep, hateful aggression uh, face. If that was his property uh, that he was doing that on and like that they were going to call the police, but like in a nice way, <laughs> it, was, it was dark. I'll, I'll send it to you. Very dark energy around that woman. Oh man. Yeah. There, there are just too many of these. The uh, landscaper who went at protesters with a chainsaw. I'm sorry, what? You didn't see this one. This was a, a, I'm new to this one. Uh, this was, I'd say, maybe the first week, maybe the second week of Black Lives Matter protests. A uh, Hispanic man who uh, pulled a chainsaw out of his landscaping uh, truck uh, was yelling at protesters in what looked like a, a strip mall or something like that. And he uh, said the N-word a few times. He's like, don't Ooh, believe those boy. N-words. You know, they're, they're, don't, don't listen to them. They're trying to make you think that things are worse than they actually are. And he's like, leave, go. And then he revs. He turns on the chainsaw and starts revving it and everybody could see his uh, landscaping company or his employer. I don't know if it's his or who he works for, but on the truck. And so a whole bunch of people tried to reach out to his employer. And I don't know what the result of that is, but canceled or not canceled. Mm, Blue lives matter, Leatherface. I'm going to (laughs) say probably in my opinion should be canceled. Probably wasn't canceled. Because enough libs are in the cancellation sphere that they don't know what to do when a marginalized intersectional personality does something shitty. Yeah, yeah. They do get their wires crossed a little bit on that one. 
Now here's here here's one um, that I think about a lot uh, as we were talking about the the need for young people to be able to grow and everything like that. Mm-hmm. TikTok teens, racist mm-hmm. TikTok teens. Now there have been a few, and so I'm going to just group them all up as one mm-hmm. final uh, question. Um, you know, there was one. Um, I believe a uh, teenager on TikTok who's just like how to make a black person. I believe they use the N word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. It was it was pretty nasty. They were like wrote a bunch of disgusting shit on paper, like dropped it into a sink and then like pulled out a fucking I don't grape juice or some shit. Yeah, it was incredibly racist and um her name got blasted. Mm-hmm. She had her um acceptance to college revoked. Yeah. Um, same thing happened to that racist uh, Parkland team uh, when they came out that he did a whole bunch of um, he wrote the N word a uh, shitload of times on mm-hmm. public forums. Um, you know, the only Parkland teen who survived, uh, who yeah. ended up being uh, a gun rights activist. And oh, weird. Being <laughs> teenagers, kids who do vile racist things that they and they're. Doing it because they know they're doing it for shock value. I'm going to say all teens and in fact, children are de facto canceled from birth. Uh, You do not get to be a real person until you're like 28. I'm going to say everything prior to that is your brain isn't fully developed and you're probably a piece of shit because like the world isn't real to you yet. So I will say they don't get a pass per se, but mm-hmm. they get leniency in the way that like you don't charge kids with crimes because they're too stupid to like necessarily fully understand. When you start saying that kids and teens should receive full adult punishments for social transgressions, you start getting into the realm where conservatives say like the 12 year old shot by police was no angel. So the, yeah, that, that girl should absolutely feel like be made to feel like absolute shit for what she did. Cause that was manifestly obviously shitty. Mm-hmm. But I will also say if she had gone to college, probably would stop doing that. Most people become way less shitty after they go to college. Like Ben Shapiro, notwithstanding, they <laughs> tend to be like, Oh wow. Like all of my opinions about these people I never met are being completely challenged because I'm meeting them <laughs> and being asked and expected uh, to engage in good faith, intellectual pursuits on the regular. So like I d- developed critical thinking and I'm not just parroting what my parents have told me my whole life. Mm. Because I think that like when you're a kid, when you're a teen, you there's two things working against you. One is that like you pretty much only have whatever you've absorbed. Maybe you were unlucky and absorbed monstrous conservative bigoted parents. Maybe you were semi-lucky and absorbed not great, but at least better than racism Tumblr discourse. Uh, so you have you know a general baseline of like what should be good, but like a pretty narrow and bad idea of how to get there Mm -hmm. but uh, and then the second thing working against you is that like when you're really little you spin around until you fall over you scream as loud as you can just to see how loud you scream like you do these things because the first limits you test are your bodily limits you want to know what the limits of this body you were born with are because you don't know them yet once Mm -hmm. you have all those figured out as a teen you you notice social limits you start to poke at them and push on them and be like, what are, what can I get away with socially? What are the limits and the boundaries of what I can say, what I can do, how I can behave? Like that's normal. That's natural. You try on different hats, you try on different personalities. And that's why all of the like most, uh, uh, Nietzsche, not, not Nietzsche, but like niche sort of, uh, 
<laughs> um, I mean, maybe also niche, but like uh, <laughs> niche sort of um, uh, subcultures, like they hit you hardest when you're a team because you're trying to figure out who you are, like because mm-hmm. you're nothing yet. You're just like a Get jumble mother, yeah. of, you're just a bunch of potential. Yeah. Uh, so like sometimes if you end up in the, uh, you know, a bogus spot, you do dumb shit like that we're like oh you you've never met a black person in your life and you think racism is over because your parents are white liberals you i quote unquote ironically say the gamer word because like you think there's no real harm and then like you grow up and you're like oh god i hope no one ever finds that i did that because like that was i would whoop my fucking ass for being that stupid ever Mm -hmm. so that is like my my sort of qualified answer for teens uh forgive them lord they know not what they do uh once yeah. you become 30 anything you said in your teens should probably be off limits but if you kept saying it all the way to 30 then you're probably an idiot i i think that's a good i, I think that's a good uh line i i, th- I think so because yeah you uh you, you're testing your boundaries you're trying to figure out what is or is not there with regards to like the punishments of like these kids not uh getting kicked out of college or ha- at least having their um scholarships revoked or something like that I, uh, I, I'm of the same opinion. I believe college, uh, you know, it's, it's the first time you're away from your parents where you interact with the most amount of people, uh, Mm -hmm. that are different than you. And it's going to be probably the best thing for breaking those kinds of barriers. Although I had this conversation with my girlfriend and she said, she's just like, no, I'm glad that they lost their college. I'm like, why? Um, and she, she told me, she's just like, it's the, the college, can't necessarily isn't just necessarily thinking about that student, but they are thinking about the environment they are creating for the black students, yeah, no, and totally Hispanic students, and somebody that virulently racist will make an environment that will be caustic to uh, the other students. And I'm like, you know what? That's a very good point. It I really still is. don't know. It, it, I still don't know necessarily where I lie. There's but, so I actually made went back and made. Uh, like a one or two sentence addendum to that blog post uh, uh, as of today where mm-hmm. I wanted to like clarify in my, like, here's my kind of position on what is called cancel culture. Where I was like, I, I do think that what should be made primary is mitigating the uh, pain and suffering of um, marginalized people who are being hurt by someone who's behaving in a bigoted way. And then secondary can be like, what are the long-term prospects of this bigot for the consequences of their behavior? So mm-hmm. I like, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with your girlfriend in that it's, you don't want to make a person's journey from being a dumb piece of shit to being okay to be around the job of some other marginalized people who can't get away from them. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. not great, but I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Like maybe you make them yeah. take a, fucking african history course or whatever like try to breed it out of them i really don't know uh but i'm also very stupid so (laughs) that's what this podcast was always designed to be it was always meant to be hey i'm dumb as hell and i have some opinions uh let's work through them a little bit and uh that's why i'm really glad to have you on devin this has been a blast uh, yeah this is uh, i'm i'm red and mad and i'm going to get (laughs) new Richard Doom OnlyFans. <laughs> I am. I feel a lot better having talked this out with you because this is the Twitter disc. Like you said uh, when we started, talking these things out is uh, its own reward. Like there's only so much we can, we get a lot of satisfaction out of Twitter. I'd be lying if that oh, weren't yeah. the case. But we shouldn't man, be there. But able, you know, it's you still we're there because we like it. The fucking mirror. Yeah, it's. 
But with, with that, uh, I, I would like to close it out. Devin Laurent, thank you so much for joining Hold No Heroes. Uh, where can my listeners uh, find you out? You got anything so you'd like to plug? I can be found at my pre-marriage name on Twitter at Devin Miller, D-E-V-A-N-M-I-L-L-E-R. And I can be found uh, on my blog that I just started. So now's a great time to get in on it if you like opinions from white guys for some reason. Uh, it's called uh, – it's it's a WordPress site called Now is the Time of Monsters. You can Google that, nowisthetimeofmonsters.wordpress.com, uh, and you will find me there. I, my plan is to try and write something every single day uh, because I fancy myself a creator and a writer and have done very little of that since quarantine started for various reasons that Rich and I – got into prior to the recording of this cast about just, you know, going fucking insane. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure to link to the WordPress in the description. Devin, thank you so much. This has been a real honor. It, it has been an absolute joy uh, anytime. And I will see you heroes next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.